Vikings ball is the only game played today. It's a night game. And it features two rising programs. Again, we see this a lot in a lot of these bowl games. And with this one, actually the records look pretty good. You have South Alabama at 10-2. and two. Western Kentucky's is okay at 8-5. and five. But the big news here, I would say, is that South Alabama has had a much easier schedule. Uh, they're in the Sun Belt, and everybody makes a big deal about the Sun Belt. But I'm telling you, Conference USA is not bad. I mean, they're right there with the Sun Belt, in my opinion. And South Alabama only played one of the top four teams in the Sun Belt. They, and that was Troy, and they lost that game. And they didn't have to play the other three. And everyone else they played was basically under 500 with a losing record, had a bad year, and uh, except for Southern Miss, who was around 500. So they did beat UCLA. Oh, they almost beat UCLA in, in UCLA. That was crazy. That, but I think that was early in the year. And honestly, I, I just think UCLA wasn't quite ready for that. At the same time, I'm not taking away from South Alabama what, what's been accomplished there. I'm just saying that's the facts. Whereas Western Kentucky's had a tough schedule. And in fact, I, I would say that there was only one game all year I'd say they shouldn't have lost. It was a winnable game at North Texas. It was actually at home versus North Texas, who's not who went to their conference championship, and so uh, that you know, I it's it's not a that was a good team, but they got beat pretty good, and I think they were beat up at that point. Um, they had a couple easy games to start and were two and zero, but then they um, played Indiana in a tough three point loss when they were winning that game. Um, then they had one other easy game, so they kind of were three and one to start. And then it really got intense. They lost a tough one to Troy by seven points. Uh, they lost a tough one to U- UTSA by three. Both of those teams were in their conference championship. They won over Middle Tennessee. They won a tough one over UAB. They came back to win that. UAB is a good team. And then at that point, they just got crushed by North Texas. And I think that was uncharacteristic of their season. But other than that, they beat, beat up Charlotte. They beat up Rice who was in a bowl game. Uh, and then they got killed. They got whooped by Auburn. And, and again, it was almost bad timing because Auburn had a lot of bad games this year, but that wasn't one of them. And if obviously, if Auburn's going to have a good game, they have more talent, SEC talent. So I think that was a winnable game had it been in a different part of the season. It was what it was. And then they uh, won a real close one. They finally won a close one, a one-pointer against uh, FAU. So that's the way they ended that regular season. So I, I think they're a lot better. They're better than their record. They're probably, I mean, their record stands for itself. It's a tough conference. I think it's just South Alabama. The ten and two is, uh, it's 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 not what it is. I, I can only say it. A winning record, definitely. That a good team, yes. A great team, no. So that's what I'm thinking about coming into this. I'm also worried a little bit about. You know, South Alabama just started playing football in 2007, and they had a uh, they they were independent for a bit. They were one year in the FCS, then they went to the FBS. They were undefeated as an independent, 17 and 0 in two seasons, and then they were um, an average team in the FCS, and then they got to the FBS in the Sun Belt, and they were bad. You know, but they turned it around pretty quickly under a guy uh, I forget his name uh, Jones. With their coach, uh, Joey Jones, I think. Yeah, he did a pretty good job, and at the near the, and at one point there, he got them to two bowl games in a row, uh, with five hundred record, five and seven and six and six records. 
uh, five and six and six and six. He lost both of the bowl games, so he shouldn't, you know, again, questionable whether you get should be playing bowl games with those kind of records. But to his credit, he had them. And then one year, then the next year, he went six and seven. Then he slid back a bit to four and eight because he had lost some people and they got rid of him. So I'm like, hmm, I don't know about that. And then, uh, what do you had? I think Stevie Campbell is the name of the next guy. Again, these aren't big names, these are more your smaller college type of coaches. And he struggled because they had lost a lot of people from the Jones era. They were starting to lose guys in 2017. Then they lost a lot to graduation in 18 and 19. But in the COVID year, Campbell was getting some guys, finally getting it together, went four and seven, and then they let him go. And he had a lot of guys coming back uh, for 2020, I mean, 2021. So he had 15 guys, starters back in 20, and he had 17 starters back in 21, but they let him go. And they brought in a name guy, uh, Kane Womack. I mean, you may not say he's a name guy, but his dad is a, a famous defensive coach uh, from um, what the Womack that was under Dave Womack. He was under uh, at Ole Miss under uh, Hugh Freeze. And he had done a lot before that. And he's a John Thompson guy. So he, he was, that's Joe Lee Dunn. So he's going to mix the 4 3 3 3 3 hybrid kind of stuff. And he did a, and also four two ish and two four ish, just a mix, and that's what Womack, his son, does. You know that kind of thing. Actually, the defensive coordinator is Corey Batoon, and he's been under the Womicks, both of those guys. So, so that's the kind. It's a good, uh, you know, it's it, it's listed as like the the typical four three four two three four three three hybrid stuff. You know, so that's what what they do there. Um, and 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 it's and it's good. But the big news is like. Uh, on the offensive coordinator position is Major Applewhite. And that's the name guy. That's the real name guy. And Major actually was a head coach at Houston. With, uh, uh, he was offensive coordinator under Tom Herman, then the head coach. But Major Applewhite's been all over the place. I mean, he, he's a Texas guy, as everybody knows. Uh, played under Mac Brown. I think he was there during the Vince Young time. Uh, so he knew some spread from that. Uh, he went to Rice. He got some spread stuff from there. Uh, was at Bama a little bit twice during in the beginning of the Saban era and then recently again at the Saban era. So he has Steve Sarkeesian. He was with Steve Sarkeesian at that time. And so, you know, so Major Applewhite has a lot of good influence, a lot of good PS Pro influence. Again, uh, some stuff with, uh, uh, you know, Tom Herman. So that's old power spread stuff. And but I just wonder, like he didn't finish his time at Houston in a good way, and now he's been an analyst at Alabama and just an offensive coordinator here. But he's going to be big in the recruiting, and so I just don't know. But I, I think the administration was like, we're going, we have a chance to get a name brand here, and they've got it with Womack and Applewhite, so they got rid of Campbell. And even though they had a losing record last year, they were really building something. They've got some better uh, talent coming in. Uh, and the the thing that was tough for me this year was looking at this. They had a guy, um, Brantley, or I'm sorry, Jake Bentley uh, from Utah, a good transfer, and he had a big uh, year last year. And they also had a nice transfer in Jalen Tolbert was a big receiver, and they lost both of those guys. So I wondered how they'd be this year, but it's a real power, power spread this year for them. They've got another uh, ju- junior college transfer guy, uh, LaDamian Webb, who actually played at Florida State at one point, and he's a, a real talent. So with him, and, and they have a couple other running backs, a good offensive line, though they had to shuffle it this year, but again, a bunch of transfers. 
And um, that CMO everywhere now is transfer, transfer. And even though Carter Bradley, the new quarterback, he was over at Toledo. He's more of a game manager type. He's bad. He's good. He's decent. But he, he kind of just did enough to let the power part rule in their power spread. And that's kind of how they went. So the offense was decent. The 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 uh, defense was better this year. It was decent. It was better, a lot better actually than last year. Um, a guy named Sharif up on the defensive line. Uh, I like their defensive backs. The Nickelback uh, Yam Banks. Uh, they have some real good guys in the secondary. So, uh, so so South Alabama is good. You know, don't get me wrong. And they've done a good job. in Wilmix really building something there. And Major App- Major Applewhite is going a long way into helping him with that. And again, I think they're going to get the recruits. They're going to get the uh, the transfers. But right now, I think what's going on at Kentucky is stronger. And it doesn't show in the record because of Western Kentucky's schedule. But I think overall, it's just uh, stronger. And um, so what we have going on there is, you know, Tyson Helton, I want to mention, you know, something real quick about his dad, Kim Helton. It's an interesting thing because Kim Helton played with Steve Spurrier, actually. And he was always a Steve Spurrier guy, but he got involved with those run and shoot guys in Houston. And then he went to the Houston Cougars as a head coach and he replaced Jenkins, who was a big run and shoot guy there. And even though Helton had been under the run and shoot, he just bagged the run and shoot. And he blatantly, boldly said, the heck with this run and shoot. We're going back to the more power stuff, and well, but he passed it a lot. He wanted he was really doing sort of the Steve Spurrier stuff, but with a power run game. Not much different than what Sid Gilman would want. So this is like the Sid Gilman thing all over again. Like Spurrier had that Gilman influence, uh, and and it, and it trickles on down to Helton. In fact, Helton also was under Art Shell at a point with the Raiders, and that's the whole Gilman influence with Al Davis, the power running with the big long bomb passing. The vertical passing, the vertical stretch. So, you know, Helton went that direction and it just failed miserably, to be honest. And then he ended up later in the CFL. And I think it kind of woke him up that you can actually, because in the CFL, there's a lot of that power spread started happening. This, the run and shoot first and then the power spread. And when Helton saw that you could run from the spread, he went to UAB after that. Then talking about Kim Helton, the dad. And at UAB was his son, Tyson Helton. And Tyson Helton, along with the brother, Clay Helton, were at Memphis under Tommy West doing the spread stuff. So when Tyson Helton got to uh, UAB, that's what they were doing, the power spread. And I think Kim Helton, his dad, finally had a grip there. And then now Kim Helton is an assistant, uh, an analyst with Tyson at Western Kentucky. So that's kind of an interesting tidbit. And Tyson's brother, Clay, just got fired at USC. Clay's a little more heavier on the on the PS Pro on the Pro stuff. Tyson's a PS Pro guy too. But but you know, when he came here, he had a good quarterback his first year, but he lost that guy and they didn't do so well last year. Or the year before, I keep saying last year. They didn't do so well the next year in um twenty twenty. So he went out and got a guy named a, a coordinator named Zach Kitley. And Zach Kitley is air raid all the way, but it's Kingsbury. It's Cliff Kingsbury. And while I know Kingsbury's struggling in the pros, and we're all talking about Lincoln Riley right now, who's, who understandably should be talked about, Kingsbury has a really interesting background. It's not just Mike Leach and those guys with Leach, because there, there was Manny Matsakis there and Art Bryles. 
But it, so that you know goes into it. And Lincoln Riley came along right after that too. But and Dana Holgerson can't forget him. But Kingsbury was actually at Houston under Sumlin, and Sumlin's background has got a guy named Jim Wacker, which also hooks up to Manny Matsakis, but it's also a more uh, heavier power spread with the uh, triple option stuff. Francione was, would do that stuff. But it, but also Sumlin has uh, Joe Tiller in his background, which is that pro spread and that spread stuff that came from Jack Newmeyer. And uh, Sumlin has another one I can't think offhand, but anyways, you put Sumlin together at Houston with Dana Holgerson at one point, and also remember, Bryles just left, Art Bryles, and went to Baylor, and you don't think that influenced those guys? Of course it did, and of course, Dana Holgerson was on the staff with Bryles, I mean, yes, with Art Bryles underneath Mike Leach at Tech, so you've got this mix of the pro spread with the air raid with the Art Bryles stuff, which is power spread big time, and you have Kingsbury learning this stuff, and he's a smart guy, and he's got all this going on. And I think he and inf- I sometimes wonder if he's the one who's influenced Lincoln Riley more than the other way around. You know, coaching in the NFL as a head coach is a whole different ballgame. It has we're not it goes way beyond scheme. So that's what that's about. As far as schemes, Kingsbury knows what he's doing, and I'm telling you, Zach Kitley is a Kingsbury guy. He was under Kingsbury at Texas Tech, went to Houston Baptist, and blew it up. And he's got what I call almost a power spread multiple, PS multiple, which is going to be the future full PS we're going to see in the future. I almost wonder if it's more like a full air raid or a a, a multiple PSAR. I'm not sure yet at what to exactly call it. But Kitley's experimenting, doing a lot of things. He loves having other guys throw the ball, like his receivers and running backs off of trick plays too, which is kind of cool. But he does a lot of neat stuff. Now he's gone. He came, but but Ty, uh, Tyson Helton, like I said, is more spread guy than his brother, or and definitely more than his father. And I think that Tyson was realizing, look, when Jeff Brome was there at Western Kentucky, they had some big days. But Brome had some good talent too. He can attract the talent, but he also does the the um, no huddle and tempo at times too. I think Tyson Helton and his background's not so much tempo. And but it is power spread, and I think he Clay Helton doesn't go for it as much. But I think Tyson was like, you know what, I'm pumping this thing up. I'm really spreading it, and I'm getting into tempo. And he got Zach Kitley because he was getting Blake Zappi, the quarterback. So he brought his coach with him, and they just blew up last year. Had a great offense. Western Kentucky's probably best ever year in offense. Now they lost both the quarterback and the coordinator, and the, the coordinator uh, Kitley went off to Texas Tech. But Helton kept the guy that was there, Ben Arbuckle. He was with uh, Western Kentucky last year, and he was with Kitley at Houston Baptist. Now, Arbuckle's interesting because he was a spread quarterback, pretty much air raid, in his high school days, went to West Texas A&M under a guy named Mike Nesbitt, who has a background of, again, Francione, Jim Wacker, all those guys, Levine at Houston, who replaced Sumlin, but Levine was there when Sumlin was there, so he's got those guys and Holgerson and Bryles. But when he was at West Texas A&M, that's Ben Arbuckle, he didn't play the first two years, and when he started playing again, he took a t- he took he wasn't going to play again, then he decided to come back and play, but he wanted to be more of a coach. 
But he was a real good quarterback in high school, by the way. But anyways, when he when the the two years he played was under a guy named Ryan McDonough, or actually one year was under Ryan McDonough, who was all hyper about the pro offense, and he brought in a huddle under center pro offense, power offense. So that's interesting because Arbuckle's got a little more of that power side, I guess, than than you would say than his than his mentor Josh Kitley. I almost call Kitley his mentor in Kingsbury. Kingsbury would be Kitley's mentor. So I wonder if Arbuckle was gonna, is going to be a little bit on that side of the run more. But this year, it, it didn't look like it. I mean, it, they had a transition. And that's another thing. Western Kentucky did have a transition. Uh, even though they kept Arbuckle, it was still, you know, they lost Kitley, they lost Zappi. They brought in a junior college guy named uh, Austin Reed. And and Reed Blue, or, I'm sorry, a West Florida guy, Division II transfer, West Florida. And Reed, it took some time, right? But he blew it up. But when he got rolling, man, he ended up, he didn't throw for the yardage that Zappi, Zappi threw from us like 6,000 yards, for God's sake. But but Reed had a big year at the end of the second half of the year was big. His receivers, he had new receivers too, but they came on at the end of the year. Conley, uh, Davis, Duck, uh, Duck, uh, what's his name? Um, Daywood Davis, Jalen Hall. So they ended up having a real big year and not a lot of running. Though when they did run, it was pretty strong with a guy named, from Indiana named uh, Point Dexter, uh, Irvin Point Dexter. I, I tell you, it's just so many guys transfer. It's just all these transfers in. But they had a guy named Robichaud early in the year, but he got hurt. So it ended up being a lot like Kitley's offense the second half of the year. A lot of a, a lot of tempo, a lot of throwing the ball everywhere, a lot of di- different trick plays involved in that too, and a lot of fun. Uh, but And the defense also was getting better and better. They also lost their defensive coordinators from last year. Uh, who were pretty good. Maurice Crum, who's now doing big things at Miss, Ole Miss with uh, De- DJ Durkin, something he started there. It's a 3-2 defense, 3-2-6. It's really cool. But this year, Tyson Helton had to replace him and brought in Tyson Summers, who's sort of well-known in the coaching circles. He was head coach at Georgia Southern uh, for a bit there. Um, but uh, yeah, Tyson, same name as the head coach, Tyson, Tyson Helton, Tyson Summers. But Tyson Summers uh, has a really good background in his coaching, a, a, a wide variety of background. But one guy he has that people don't know much about, but Eric Schumann is a Jolie Dunn, Bill Oliver guy. Bill Oliver is a great defensive back coach at Alabama. And Tyson Summers, was his, that was his mentor. And then of late, he uh, went with Kirby Smart, Mel Tucker, and Todd Grantham at Florida uh, in 21. So he got a little bit of that newer stuff. And, you know, so Tyson Summers is going to really mix it up. He'll do anything from a 2-4 to a 3-4 to a 4-3, even fronts, odd fronts, a 3-3. He does, he does it all. And he does it all in a good way. He keeps it pretty simple. So Western Kentucky also is really starting to get some talent. I mean, you know, uh, Tyson Helton is getting these guys through transfers or whatever else you, you want to call it. And on defense this year, I really like uh, some of the guys that, that, that were happening on defense. You've got uh, Zach, Jacques Evans, 
uh, linebacker defensive end hybrid. Derek Smith, who's like a hybrid defensive end linebacker safety guy, but they list him as linebacker. Anyways, Evans had nine sacks. Smith had three sacks. Smith had four pass knockdowns and interception. He's all over the place. Caleb Oliver's like a nickel safety guy or a triple safety guy, and he's a six foot four guy, and he's he's got sacks and pass knockdowns and interceptions, four interceptions. Um, they have some good cornerbacks, Hal, uh, Hal from Oregon, another guy. They've got another good, real good linebacker transfer, high, t- big, high recruit, Ignant, Ignant, I don't know how to say it, Will Ignant. Um, and he had a big year. Tariq Allen at defensive back, Upton Stout at cornerback, a real good defensive backfield as well as line and linebacker, just a good defense that kept improving as the year goes on. You're not going to find that in the stats. So again, and the reason is because they play such an up-tempo offense, their stats look bad on defense. So again, Western Kentucky is much better than their stats on defense. They're much better. I think their their record is a little bit mis- misleading at 9-5. and five. They're a really good team. So we come into this bowl game, and, and I'm like all for Western Kentucky, except when we go to that transfer portal, opt-outs, injuries. We look at that list. Southern Alabama is pretty good to go. Uh, they've got a couple guys, but uh, voicing and in, an injury and receiver, but they're fine receiver. They've got enough guys. So they're, they're good. And I look at Western Kentucky. First of all, their quarterback almost transferred to Louisville, but he ended up pulling out. And he's back. So that was that's if, if I think if Austin Reed was gone, we'd all be picking South Alabama. But Austin Reed's there, so that's good news. But their uh, their their receiver Davis, their second best receiver, opted out that I just mentioned. But they have a lot of depth at receiver, so I'm okay with that. The thing I'm not okay about is there two there's two other linemen, and they've had you know some juggling on the line, offensive line. Um, they've had a lot of health in the past years, but this year, you know, they lost some guys. They lost two good tackles, and they had guys uh, good in Britain. At, at, to replace them, but Good got knocked out in the middle of the year. He got knocked out for the rest of the year. So now they have another tackle there. And now one of those guys opting out who's not playing this game is Britton. Uh, and then their center, he's a really good center, Rusty Stats, he's out. So you've got these two linemen out, and they've already had to replace some linemen. So I'm a little nervous about that, but they play at such a high tempo, and they get rid- that ball gets out of Reed's hand really quick. Whatever they're doing, it's a fantastic scheme. Arbuckle's kept it, what Kitley was doing. He's really kept it. Again, in the future, I think Arbuckle might do some more power. That would be interesting to see. But it does bother me, those linemen being out. And then uh, they have some guys, Evans in the portal portal that I just mentioned. And then uh, Halisi's opting out. So their one good quarterback, Halisi, whoever you said, he's opting out. But they have a guy, Darius Williams, I think is his name. He's a good cornerback. So I see him replacing him. So that would be okay. But, you know, how many guys, I mean, I'm listing, it is about 15, 10 to 15 guys that are out for this game, maybe. But Evans is, is questionable. I don't know if Evans is going to miss. Uh, they have a safety, Allen. Uh, he, he, um, he's a starter, but he might come back. So I'm not sure if those guys are going to play or not. So it's a mess a little bit. Uh, but there's a lot of talent, a lot of depth. So, you know, I, I would almost like say, you know, Western Kentucky had, in my mind, they're underrated coming in this game. I would go for them. But with all these guys opting out, you know, missing, that bothers me. But there's a lot of depth. So for most part, I'm okay with it all. Even with that good corner, the left, the cornerback that's missing. The line is the problem. The offensive line bothers me. But 
what also bothers me on South Alabama's side is they haven't won a bowl. They haven't really had a serious great. This is their first really good year, except for their very beginning years in 2007 and 2008 when they weren't playing anyone at all. So I don't count those years. So this is their first great year. And again, I would say 10-2 and two is not really, that's overrated. But they're a good team. But this is their first real big bowl game that they think. I, I just, they're favored. And I think a lot of it has to do with all the, the problems at Western Kentucky, uh, with a lot of guys missing, that could be missing. And I think some of it has to do with playing in the Sun Belt. But I, even saying that, I still have to go with what, what's been built there by Helton. And it's a and it's been it's it's a little longer. I mean, I I love this offensive scheme they have going on, and uh, they're solid guys. And there's a lot of them. There's a lot of depth. I like what Tyson Summers is doing on the scheme on defense. And you know, I got I like what Applewhite and Walmick are doing, but I like better what Western Kentucky's doing. So even with missing, I feel like I might end up regretting it, but I'm gonna still stick with Western Kentucky in a close one. Uh, I, I think they're going to take this over South Alabama. Um, I just don't think South Alabama is ready to win a bowl yet. Uh, I, 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 again, I, it's a misleading record that they have. As far as a home field, I don't give it to anyone because we got one team in Kentucky. Obviously, you know, Alabama's right in Alabama, so it's in New Orleans. So it's a quick jaunt for Alabama, but I'm not necessarily sure those New Orleans people are going to be rooting for Alabama, anybody from Alabama. So, you know, they might be. I don't know. There'll probably be a lot of South Alabama fans and a lot of Kentucky fans. So I really don't give that. So if anything, I just think, you know, really uprising program for South Alabama. Definitely on the rise. Great job by Womack and what Major Applewhite are doing. But I think a little overrated with the record. They had a real favorable schedule. WKU did not have a favorable schedule. And they've got a really solid team two years running now i know they had to replace their defensive coordinator but what the guy's doing there isn't a whole lot different it's a great variety um and the, and the offensive coordinator is doing pretty much the same offense but it just took a little time to adjust in the beginning of the year but and they had a real tough schedule so anyway i just think um i i, I just hate that they're missing so many guys especially on the offensive line but i think i'm still going to stick with western kentucky